Okay, today's topic is boys to men. And we're going to look, look at the uh, period of time between 12 and 20. And we're going to be talking about some of those turbulent times. The, the, the interesting thing about that particular time period is it forces parents to have to change. And that's kind of good for us too because it brings about some growth in us. So again, we're going to be talking about boys to men, 12 to 20, the incredible processes that are going on, including mentally, emotionally, and of course, physically. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Dean Beckloff has been working as a counselor with students, families, kids, and teens for over 40 years. As the founder of the Beckloff Behavioral Health Center, Dr. Dean focuses on children and families that need a little extra help via counseling. Each week with Dr. Elizabeth Zach, we discuss all things family-related to help people create the positive family they want to build. Welcome to the Dr. Dean Show. Okay, today we're joined again by our co-host, Dr. Zach, our clinical director for Beckloff Behavioral Health Center. And our special guest is Dr. Graham Martin, who is our director of testing services at our center as well. He also has a very strong client base where he is working with uh, kids, uh, teenagers, and also then adults as well. So we are especially honored today to have Dr. Martin and uh, to get to hear a little bit about his expertise in all of this as well. Uh, you know, we'll be looking at some of the issues that boys to men are faced with as they're growing up in this developmental period of time. It can be turbulent. Uh, what was the word that you used, Dr. Zach? A time of storm and stress. A time of storm and stress. And as I said, um, it creates tensions, but it's good because it helps everyone to continue growing and developing, even us as parents. So we're going to be looking at several different issues here that kind of hits some of the things that we're dealing with in today's age. I mean, uh, things are different from when I was a teenager and probably both of you as well. So, you know, we're, we're looking at some of what we're, we're looking at in today's world. At the same time though, uh, some of the things are still common, you know, in terms of the growth and the, the development of our teenagers. So first of all, we're gonna look at gaming. Gaming and social media, because boys are caught up in that. And in my opinion, it's just, I don't know if there's research in this and maybe we'll find out from YouTube, but it seems to me in my work with teenagers and boys that they are much more drawn to gaming than girls. Now, my girls had some games. There wasn't much back then. Uh, I remember one time they, they showed me they were playing this game Oh, it's a, you build a family and you build a city and you build, do you remember that? Mm -hmm. What was it called? Oh, I don't remember. The Sims? That's, That's it. it. Yeah. You win a million it. dollars. Yes. Right. Yes. I'll see you tomorrow. And an all expense paid trip to Guyana. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, um, one time they called me over and said, dad, look, we can kill this guy. <laughs> I was like, what? They built a swimming pool, got him in, and then pulled the steps out. So he has to drown. 
I said, you put those tips back in there. We're not going to be killing people <laughs> in our house. So, um, and how far things have come in games <laughs> since then. That was tame. <laughs> tame. That was yeah. very tame. Yeah. I just didn't want to see some poor guy drown. Right. You know? Right. But okay. So guys, um, what are the pros and cons of gaming as well as social media with boys? Dr. Martin, what do you think? Well, the, the pros, especially what you hear from, um, from a lot of adolescents, if you ask, you know, what, what's the deal you're spending like? three or four hours a day gaming. And most often they'll respond with, well, I'm hanging out with my friends. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I think it's important to, to keep in mind that it, it, there is a, a, a crucial social element to it. For sure. I think more than we realize. Right. Um, so that's certainly a pro. Cons, right. I mean, um, they're spending three or four hours a day mm -hmm playing video games. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a con. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the, the social interaction isn't, it isn't face to face. Right. Um, but it's, it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I think worries parents and makes me give some pause for consideration too, because are they really being with people, you know, in a physical way, like mm -hmm. engaging? Mm -hmm. uh, it's through a computer and a, mm -hmm. and a screen. Mm -hmm. What about social media, Dr. Martin? Uh, do boys engage on social media as well? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And is that good? Bad? Ugly? I mean, a little bit of both, similar to, to video games. I think it's, it's not as much of a question of whether it's good or bad. It's... Um, it's just the, the, the nature of the engagement. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of just par for the course. It's built in now. Social media, gaming. Right. I would argue that all adolescents participate in gaming, social media, and boys older, and girls. Yeah, yeah. My, my 33 year old daughter said to me kind of mournfully, I'm, I'm sad because I use TikTok all the time to get everything and learn News, so much. including. Yes. And she said, I'm afraid they're going to take it away. Mm -hmm. I don't have a TikTok account, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I was just surprised that mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. is using it as a platform for gaining a lot. So we have a really amazing expert today. Dr. Zach is in the throes of raising two teenage boys. In fact, she's kind of getting towards the end, mm -hmm. getting well, close, with, sort of, as we know, and it seems like it's generally known out there now that uh, the brain of the teenager is not fully developed until about the age of 25. And some need a little bit longer. So yeah, um, yes, <laughs> some definitely need a little bit Many. longer. Yes. So um, but Dr. Zach has two teenage boys. This is the world she rocks in. This so, is my wheelhouse. Yes. So, yes. Uh, Dr. Zach, what about those things? What's been your experience with your boys with regard to uh, social media as well as gaming? Well, I will piggyback on what Dr. Martin said. I, I do think um, gaming is quite different than, you know, when I was a kid, you know, we had Pong. Right. I mean, I'm really aging myself and, you know, later Donkey Kong and things like that. Gaming <laughs> looks very different. Um, and in in a positive sense, uh, there is the, this social connection that can happen via gaming. 
they are able to, to play online with their buddies. And mm -hmm. I think for some of our kids who struggle maybe a little bit with social anxiety or who may be a little more shy, it, it is a way that they can learn boy bantering yeah. and they can, you know, connect in that way. I know for my boys and you're right, I have an almost 18 year old and a um, almost 16 year old, especially over COVID, it was a lifesaver. I mean, yeah. just to have this, you know, this opportunity to connect. Um, you know, the other thing, I think we may think of gaming, especially as parents, you know, with all negatives. But the other thing with the kind of games there are now, they're, you know, they can build worlds. There is an opportunity for, for creativity and, and using imagination. There is, you know, there, there's problem solving that has to happen in these elaborate games that they play now. Flexible thinking, you know, things that, that maybe we forget that our kids are actually, you know, um, being able to, you know, to use. And so I think those are some positives. Um, definitely there are kids who are addicted. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, addicted to their device, addicted to social media, addicted to gaming. Um, and so, you know, there, there is that, you know, potential for not being as connected with family, um, for not being outdoors, for not exercising, for not doing some of these other things that we know, you know, are important for, for our kids. And so, you know, I think it's, it's a matter of making sure that you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? Right, just like life. Um, but having having some limits there, um, knowing that there are some positives that can come from from gaming um, and from engaging in social media because it's not going anywhere. Right, right. It, it certainly doesn't seem to be. Yeah. Now maybe the government will ban TikTok. Right. We that don't might know. Happen. But that may happen. Right. Uh, I think a lot of parents are very concerned about gaming and the amount of time that is spent on social media and gaming and all of that. Um, and so I think those are some of the dangers that parents mm -hmm. are thinking about, especially pretty violent games, yeah. you know, that are ex extremely violent. Um, and we can see more aggression. I mean, that is something that, you know, especially with mm -hmm. our boys that get involved in these violent kinds of, of you know, content. Um, and, you know, the other thing that, boy, I've learned, I have learned with my boys, the types of games that they play now, there's not a natural end. You know, you're playing yeah. Donkey Kong and you, you, your three little characters die and the game's over. You mm -hmm. know, these kinds of games, I mean, my gosh, they add power or they get this. And, I mean, they can go on and on and on. And, you know, kids can get hyper-focused and, I mean, spend hours and, you know, well, one more game. Well, that can last, you know, a long time. Right, mm -hmm. right. So um, I'd like to ask both of you, are, do you have any strategies for dealing with this within the family? I remember when we talked about social media and it, its negative effects on our kids, that one of the things that came up was the parent. How much is the parent staring into their phone? Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's happening not only to teens, but to us adults. I know that's true for me. Right. Uh, my daughter will get get on to me about dad. We're at a restaurant. Please put your your phone down. I'm like I didn't know I had it up. No, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, 
parents? How much time are we spending on it? And are we really thinking through about how are we going to help our family develop? Like maybe we need to get out. Maybe we need to go throw the ball at the park, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and we've got to put our phones down and we've got to, to take action and get out there and do something. So um, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts, Dr. Martin, about uh, maybe intentionality of parents as well as how, what are some strategies in working with this? Yeah, I, I think it's important to, to, to try to hone in and observe how the, the game's making the child feel or the adolescent feel. You know, is it a constant beatdown? Mm -hmm. Are they stressed? Do they feel um, pressured or obligated to spend extra money to buy this extra mm -hmm. thing that's going to help them finally win? Um, are the people that they're communicating with uh, communicating in a you know in a in a collaborative way that's 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 friendly and supportive, or mm -hmm. are all the people that they're playing with you know just beating them down trashing right. them yeah yep. and are they good at the game you know people don't like to do things they're not good at usually and a lot of the kids who you hear playing an excessive amount of video games from our perspective um for them they're doing what they're really good at mm -hmm. and um you know it, it's it's their time to shine this might be a, a kid who struggles in school isn't naturally gifted in sports and then they find this game mm -hmm. and like they're they're doing great they're winning um it feels good so if it feels good and it's and you observe that it's it's helping and it's having a net benefit then um that's certainly something to consider uh and noticing the impact it's having on the adolescent um can only occur through being around it like watching them, mm -hmm. playing with them, uh, you know, not just storming into the room and saying, you've been on there for four hours, like mm -hmm. go out there and ride your bike, you know, like sit, sit down, watch them play. Um, if they're playing well, say, wow, you know, you're winning. Mm -hmm. How'd you do that? There's a hundred people playing and like, there's only 15 left and you're one of them. Nice job. Um, and I think that that's a, a key starting point to deciding what to do next. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. I think that parents can feel this way, uh, that their adolescent doesn't want to hear anything positive from them. You know, like if I say something nice, they're just going to reject it. Well, they may, they mm -hmm. may reject it. They may say, okay, I know this is dating myself, but speak to the hand. <laughs> um, they, they may act like they reject it, but those words are important. Mm -hmm. You know, that the, the affirmation from a mom and a dad are important, although we can feel like they're just going to reject it anyway. So why, why do I put that out there? No, give it anyway, whether they seem to accept it or reject it, they need that. They need it. Yeah. And you know, if you understand the game and have observed some of what's happening, I think you can give more strategic and thoughtful um affirmations yeah. like you don't say well that was a you know that was a good try and they're like no it wasn't there. like that was terrible haven't you been watching um so if that's the case you could say oof this game looks hard 
-hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that's, I think that's more consistent with what they're feeling and they're going to be less likely to say, you know, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I love what you're saying, you know, part of, of what we really want to do, I mean, with, with young ones, but certainly our teens is, is to foster that connection. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. especially with our teens. And so I think that's the foundation for so much of, of our parenting is if you have a strong foundation there of, of connection and, and exactly what you're saying. I mean, so many of us, you know, the, the game, the device, you know, maybe upstairs or somewhere else. And so we're hollering up that it's time to go. But I think that's, I think that's a great strategy is to sit with your kid. Mm -hmm. um, one, you can learn the content of their game, mm -hmm. right? And kind of, you know, maybe have a conversation about, mm -hmm. you know, some of that. Put um, the ladder back in the swimming pool. Put the ladder We're not going to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Um, my boys, not so much anymore, but, you know, when they probably middle school age, um, now they play just with their friends. But when they were connecting online, there was a time when, um, and this was before they wore headsets, now they wear headsets, and so you really don't know what's going on if mm -hmm. you're not connecting. Um, but there was a time when, I think I asked my youngest, there was a voice and I didn't recognize it, and asked, you know, who are you playing with? Oh, it's my friend from Florida. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so we had to have a conversation about what have you disclosed to your friend from Florida? And, yeah. and so, you know, things that you wouldn't know necessarily unless you're sitting with them. Right. I think the other thing that can be helpful when, when you know, you're trying to, you know, maybe it's time to end the game, mm -hmm. um, sitting with them so that you can kind of learn a natural ending, right? So you can say, you know, how much longer, you know, do you think that you're going to have? Yeah. And, and you can, you know, talk about it and you can see that they're not, you know, joining a new world mm -hmm. and now we're another hour. And so I think that that right. really is helpful um, to, you know, to sit with your kiddo and, and learn a little bit about, you know, the, their process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you're willing to make some compromises. Um, to spend time with them. Yeah. And I think that might be um, experiences annoying a little bit, but mm -hmm. I, it, I think it's a net benefit just to convey that, you know, I don't know anything about this. I don't know how it works. Mm -hmm. It's not my first choice of activities to do mm -hmm. together, but this is what you like. So mm -hmm. teach me how to play. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think um, Sometimes when I'm working with teenagers and, and parents are complaining about their gaming and kids are complaining about their parents complaining, and I'll ask the teen, you know, well, you know, do you know what the rules are? Do you know what the limits are, you know, for gaming? And most of them, you know, I don't think we have rules or I don't mm -hmm. know. And so I think being very um, clear as parents what the limits are, what the rules are. And, you know, again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It could be you know, some families, it may be, you know, no gaming during weeknight, uh, weeknights. It could be, you know, you can game after homework is done or, mm. um, you know, after dinner. You know, we're going to have family dinner and then you can game after that. So I think just being clear um, so that everybody's on, on board with what the, you know, what the limits are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, okay. We're going to turn to emotional regulation regulating emotions. Now, what about boys during this developmental time period? Um, do they have some difficulties with regulating emotions? Buckle up. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and 
if there are difficulties, why is that? Uh, Dr. Martin, what do you what, what's your well, thought? It's yeah, it's adolescence. There's there's a lot going on, uh, you know, hormonally, uh, neurologically. Uh, you know, this person may have to shave. They may be taller than you. Um, they may be stronger than you, but their brain, you know, doesn't reflect that level of growth yet. Um, at least in um, in every way. In some ways, it might. But uh, as far as emotional regulation goes. There's, there's a lot of work to be done and there's still time. And that's what, that, right. that's, it, it, it's crucial to keep that in mind that this looks like somebody who's almost fully formed, but like you're telling me there's 10 or 15 more years left for their, their right. frontal cortex to fully develop, you know, and that's, 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 that's tough to keep in the front of the mind as a parent. Exactly. Yeah. I have a theory. I don't know if it's true or not, but mm. I have a theory that because of all that growth that's happening in the prefrontal cortex, that that causes stress on the teenager themselves. And that's why we have uh, kids in high school and college who are struggling with depression and anxiety. And, um, you know, they're, they're trying to manage a lot and, and learn mm -hmm. how to manage a lot. And sometimes it gets beyond them mm -hmm. and it's hard. So uh, I think, for parents to really recognize that, that, mm -hmm. that what you just said, that um, there's a lot going on beneath the scenes mm -hmm. that we have no clue about, and they don't either, right. mm -hmm. but it's happening. And so they struggle uh, a lot and then feel like I'm the only one that feels this depression or I'm the only one that feels this anxiety. Um, so I think you're totally right about the, there's a lot going on. And so, yeah, there's gonna be some emotional impulsivity, mm -hmm. you know, impulsively emotional about anger and all of those kinds of things. What's been your experience with your boys? Storm and stress, adolescence being a time of storm and stress. I love it because I think it's just, it, it's so true. You know, this is a time of um, decreased self-control, mm -hmm. right? But increased emotional reactivity all due to the biological changes that are happening. Um, we know that, you know, with our, with our young ladies, um, there's, there's more tearfulness, right? There's more, um, what I would, I don't wanna say mood swings, but you know, we have more estrogen happening. With our young men, you know, with the surge of testosterone, we see more irritability, more anger, mm. um, more sensation seeking. And, and this is all a biological, you know, changes that are happening. Yeah. Um, the physical changes, my gosh, you know, these, as you said, you know, their, their, their brain is not developed, but physically they're becoming, you know, adults. They look like adults. They look like adults. Mm -hmm. And, and, and our, our country says at 18, they are adults. Right. Right. Uh, which is, you yeah. know, not true, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think for, especially for our boys, I know, you know, it's just been, it's so interesting to see um, the physical changes and, and what that range of normal is. My my oldest, I mean, in fifth grade, he started his growth spurt and he was very early. And of course he loved that, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, my youngest is more typical, was more middle school, but my youngest best friend is just now in ninth grade kind of sprouting up. And so well, I your think- Your youngest one seems ginormous too. Well, they both are ginormous. Yeah. Right. 
but I think for, for our boys, that can be so tricky when your peers, you know, um, may have developed earlier and, you know, you're, you may be on the, on the, you know, um, the, the slower end to develop and they right. all get there. Right. Um, but then we have, you know, gosh, the, the, just the awkwardness. I mean, for a while, my youngest was just all legs. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, nothing there, just <laughs> all legs and, and they look kind of awkward and, and then their voice is changing and then, you know, facial hair and acne and all the things that can be, you know, I think we, we think about it for girls and body image, but our boys are, you know, have, have struggles as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember yeah. thinking my one pimple was the entire face that I had sure. yeah. and, uh, you know, you just become very self-conscious. Mm -hmm. And boys too. Gosh, I've seen this with my with my own kids and their friends. They all are talking about their six pack. Who has a six pack? Who doesn't have a six pack? <laughs> and you know, it's again just this this focus on you know their physical prowess. How they're supposed to look? How am I supposed to look? And wanting to compare and wanting to fit in. And so I think it can be. Um, you know, again, um, for our boys, it. it you know, they may hide it a little more, um, but I think it's, it is, you know, ever present. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it is. Anything else you'd like to add to that, Dr. Martin? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think you, you spelled it out pretty well. Yeah. And they start smelling and they don't want to shower <laughs> and you have to like encourage deodorant and showering and hygiene. <laughs> Get in the shower. Get in yeah. the shower, yeah. smelly boy. So you mentioned athletics. Um, are athletics something that is good for boys and why? What about the pressures that boys face in athletics? Mm -hmm. uh, some boys just are not as good athletically. What about those kids? Mm -hmm. Dr. Martin, what's your thoughts about athleticism? Yeah. Is that good for kids to get into athletics, do you think? Sure. I think it's, I think it's, it's great to get into athletics. Um, you know, probably before adolescence, um, so you can have some experience. These days, it's 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 almost impossible to come into a sport cold if you haven't grown up playing it. Right. So, um, you know, hopefully, if 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 enough exposure has happened during childhood, and you know, different sports have been tried out, um, if someone is is relatively skilled or interested in the sport, then I think athletics are are wonderful. Um, or if they're not even that naturally gifted, if they like it. Mm -hmm then it's wonderful. Um, if they're not a naturally gifted athlete um, and sports is a beat down and they don't like it, then it's, it's not a good thing. Um, so I think it, it just depends. Right, right. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, I grew up in Africa mm -hmm. and uh, no, never played with a basketball or a football. And I know what you're talking about. When mm -hmm. we came back here as teenagers, we're like, no, we don't do any of this. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going into wrestling because I had two brothers and that's what we did. <laughs> we wrestled and fought mm -hmm. growing up. So I thought, I'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts about athleticism? You know, I think any kind of organized activity, sports included, can be positive. I think um, mm -hmm. particularly sports because of the physical exercise, right? We know that exercise is good for mental health. Right. Um, developing, uh, you know, sportsmanship, learning how to, to be a team player, all of these things I think can be, you know, very, very positive. Mm -hmm. um, developing, you know, 
their physical skills. And, and um, so I do think there's a lot of positives that come with, with sports and athletics. Um, you know, the, the flip side of that is, especially with our teens, um, where it becomes more competitive, there's lots of pressures. Mm -hmm. um, pressures from peers, if perhaps, again, you know, developmentally, they're a little slower to, to uh, develop physically, um, and they see their, their peers, um, you know, uh, getting more playing time, or, you know, there, there can be some hits on self-esteem. Oh, absolutely. Um, coaches can put a lot of pressure on these young boys. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing, sadly, even more um, eating disorders in mm -hmm. our, our young athlete boys um, that I don't know that I think it's been there, but we're, we're seeing more and more um, coaches pressuring to lose weight, to gain weight, to, to build muscle, to, you know, all of these things. And, and that can really um, be problematic. And then the parent pressures, you know, unfortunately, parents can really do a number on their kids who are involved in athletics and pressuring them to perform and, and coaching, right? Mm. Being a parent coach. And, um, you know, I, I'll never forget a few years ago on, on one of my boys' teams, um, they were playing baseball and the parent, um, when, when their son, you know, missed a fly ball or, you know, overthrew first base, um, when they came to the dugout, the parent had the kid do push-ups. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's obviously stating that you're yeah. not yeah. meeting the grade. You, right. you don't measure up. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've often felt, just in my experience, boys tend to be more aggressive. Probably lots of reasons why. Mm -hmm. um, but they tend to be more aggressive than girls. And we see this in our playrooms where the girls will radiate to uh, playing about dress up or the dolls or the kitchen and boy, and, and they can all do that, mm -hmm. but boys tend to be more on the aggressive side and play therapy can be a wonderful way to help kids mm -hmm. when they're younger to deal with that. However, I've often felt that athletics is something to encourage our kids to move into, boys in particular, because it's another way to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Now, sadly, even kids with ADHD, they can have interferences taking place that means they might be a little clumsy. The, those processes are interfered with. And so they, here they are, ADHD, and they have this other whammy where they lack some of that. So finding something for your young man to, to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of individual sports and a lot of our ADHD kids will do that, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. And they've excelled in that. So finding something would, I think, be important. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to need to be closing up here, but I wanted to bring up one thing uh, very quickly. Uh, we have a favorite book called uh, Feeding the Mouth That Bites by an author named Dr. Kenneth Wilgus. And the theme of that book is wonderful, I think. And the theme that weaves throughout that book is emancipation. That the cry of the teenager is emancipation. I want to be free. Freedom. So um, can you speak to that a little bit with regard to teenagers and emancipation? 
yeah, they, they want to be free or hopefully they do. I think if, um, if they don't exhibit that, mm -hmm. like they want you to back off and that they kind of know how things work and that you might not be as smart as, uh, I thought you once were, or you think you are, uh, that's a good sign. It means you're moving towards emancipation and, um, and individuation, uh, you know, on the other, on the other side of that is it, you can't just emancipate them and say, all right, see ya, mm -hmm. you know, go figure it out. And that's why it's, it's kind of a dance where you, um, you, you, you let them take strides towards individuation and emancipation, but, um, but then kind of like avoiding the major pitfalls mm -hmm. and the, the big ones. I mean, we're not talking, you know, like a fashion emergency, but something, something serious, right? Like a neck tattoo. Mm -hmm. right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Zach, yeah. anything yeah. that you would add to that? Well, you know, I love that book, um, feeding the mouth that bites you. I think it's just, it's the perfect title because we do feel like our teens can bite and mm -hmm. we still have to feed them. And, you know, what I, what I love about it is it really speaks to the changing role of parent to teen. It's very different than how we parent our young mm -hmm. children, that we need to change our parenting strategies with the goal of, you know, independence. We want them to fly and be independent. Um, and so, you know, it, I think um, there, there's so many things that we could talk about, but the idea of, of freedoms with responsibilities being able to let go of some of the things that maybe aren't critical um, so that they have this sense of power and control and they can make some of these choices, what they mm. want to wear. You know, yeah. that isn't something that, you know, at 16, um, we want them to be able to choose their attire. Yeah, right. um, you know, maybe as, you know, I think as they get older, you know, there, there can be more and more freedoms. But with my kids now, I don't, I don't holler at them anymore about how they keep their room. Um, you know, it, it, if things aren't coming out into the hallway, then it, and it doesn't smell. Mm -hmm. You might be blowing some people's minds right now. I might be, that, I yeah. might be, this could be, you know, um, but the idea being, you know, you can have your room how you want it, but I'll tell you, if you can't find your homework, right, I'm not gonna go in there and dig for it. If you can't find your shirt that you need for, you know, some, for, athletics, that's on you. And you may have to tell the coach that you couldn't find your shirt, kind of these natural consequences right. mm -hmm. um, that come from their choices. And, exactly. you know, more and more, you know, as they get older and older, I think we can, we can do some of that so that, you know, another thing that a few years ago, I decided I'm no longer going to be your alarm clock. You know, you're old enough to, to get up on your own. And so, Again, if they're tardy, if they sleep through their alarm and they're tardy, um, that's something that they'll have to deal with. So I think, you know, learning how to, to kind of modify some of our parenting strategies as our boys mm -hmm. are getting older um, and girls for that matter, um, I think is really important. Absolutely. Well, we are finished with time and we could talk about this forever. Boys to men, uh, thank you both for being here and honoring us with with the uh, uh, amount of information that you've given us. Thank you, Dr. Martin, for being present here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've been very helpful. And so we are probably going to be continuing to talk about this. But again, thanks for coming. If you need more information, you can look us up on our website, www.drbeckloff.com.